Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine. This show is written and produced by apprentices of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program and is broadcasting from right here in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known as by the settlers <clears throat> as the Bay Area. I'm Joy Moore, your host. Tonight we're going to discuss living and the end of living, dying. It's inevitable. It's natural. Something we need to accept and learn and educate ourselves about. The two things we have guaranteed while we're here is that one, you will live, and the second, you will die. But what happens? How do we deal with it? What's going on? And how do we do it well? On tonight's show, you'll hear about the American Medical Association's approach to aging. We will speak with best-selling author and columnist Barbara Ehrenreich about her latest book, Natural Causes. We'll also hear my own opinion on aging, as I am. <laughs> I'll be 69 years old next year. Death is a part of it, and I'm looking forward to it. I want to talk about it. So we're going to be asking for your help also in keeping this beautiful creation, KPFA, alive, thriving with our um, needs. We have holiday donation opportunities, and you know this stationer is listener-sponsored, and that means all of you, all of you listening. Please reach out to others and ask them to tune in while we're delving into the one thing we can all be sure of, our death. All that and more tonight on Full Circle. I know that sounds kind of gloomy, but... We got to deal with it. And I'm your host, Joy Moore. Stay tuned right here on KPFA. There are approximately 7.6 billion people on our planet, and each and every one of us will die. Yet, we really think of death and if we do, it's someone else's and or how we can stave off our own demise. A nation obsessed with youth and fitness, altering our bodies with surgery and other medical procedures is considered a good thing. Even though most of us are in denial, there comes a time in our life we realize and have to admit we're aging. Our bodies are not as supple and energetic as they once were. Our hair and skin is drier. Our bones hurt and can't work so hard. We can't eat so much without consequences. These things are natural, but we try to fix ourselves with prescriptions and surgery. Of course, you have to have tests and more tests to tell you that your symptoms can be treated, but they don't tell you you're not ill. You're just aging. Then they send you home with some pills and charge you a lot of money. There are approximately 326 million people in the U.S. Of that number, about 76 million are considered to be baby boomers, including myself. That's all people born before 1964. All of us. 
all of us will die. The question is, what will be our quality of life at the end? Will we accept the inevitable and gracefully age and enjoy and revel in the end? Or will we struggle with the medical profession's outrageous procedures and costs, suffering debilitating side effects and heinous radioactive poisonings just to prolong and stave off the inevitable? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if you're ill, you should just suck it up and take it. I'm suggesting we distinguish between what is natural aging and what is illness. I recently suffered a serious bout of indigestion after eating a pound of beef at a barbecue. Oh, it was ugly. I was bloated and passing gas, lost my appetite, and had abdominal pain. I went to my primary care physician and she suggested a battery of tests, which might or might not show what was wrong. I balked at the $262 deductible for a CAT scan, and I asked her what would she have suggested before CAT scans. I didn't get the CAT scan yet, but I have been working on my system with healthy, easily digested food, anti-acids, and natural laxatives to clean my system. I drink lots of water and I exercise. If the pain occurs again, I probably will get a scan. It's just not my first option to dose myself with an x-ray image made using computerized exile tomography electromagnetic radiation, okay? <sighs> there is no pill or procedure that can keep you young. And there certainly is no way, as far as we know, to stave off death indefinitely. So relax those entering the end of life. Enjoy. Stay active. Do what you like. Have a little fat and wine if you want. Don't stress and go to the doctor for every twitch and change or case of indigestion. Take care of yourself now, no matter your age. Eat well. Work at something you love to do. Sleep and love somebody and enjoy. Just enjoy. That's my goal. This has been Joy Moore for Full Circle. All right. That was me, Joy Moore. Good evening. <laughs> Everyone, welcome back. You're listening to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. And tonight we're discussing aging and how to accept aging as a natural inevitability. And also, just to let you know, we are in our fun drive. That's F-U-N. The fun that we need to get people to donate to this station to support the work that we do here. So this is the time of year we all get to show our love and support for the First Voice Apprenticeship Program and Full Circle and, of course, KPFA Pacifica. So I want you to stay tuned and get ready to express your support for this free speech community radio station. I'm going to give the number out now. We are going to play some really good stuff, and you can listen to it, but I want to give you the number now. And I also want to encourage you to call people that you know who might get some, have some interest in this um, story that we're covering tonight, talking about aging. Everybody out there, no matter what their age, should be thinking about their life, the journey that they're on and how it's going to end. And that it is going to end. It's something we need to accept. And it's not a sad thing. It's just the inevitable. So I'm going to give out the phone number now. I want you to call. We're going to listen to Barbara Ironrack, Aaron Reich. I did an interview with her. Um, so stay tuned and get ready to express your support. I'm going to give out the number 1-800-439-5732. That's 
1-800-439-5732 or you can securely donate online at kpfa.org. So we're going to listen to an interview and as I age and uh, as I go on in life more and more, I find myself contemplating, contemplating the life I've lived so far. And I've begun to fully realize in my heart, in my gut, in my belly, that my life is finite. Yes, I knew it in my head all my life. I was going to die. Everybody dies. Everybody knows that. But feeling it, knowing it, and living that fact has hit me. Um, And I just really, really want to express to you how important it is that we consider it all through our life. Every minute that we live, we have to understand and appreciate the fact that this will end at at one time. And all of this hit me after my mom passed. And I faced a life-threatening experience involving my gallbladder a year ago, what you heard about. These experiences affected me in in a very profound way. And I've made some important decisions about how I would like to, my life to end. Oh, I'm reading all this before the opinion that we just heard. <laughs> oh, take a deep breath, Joy. <sighs> that was the description of the opinion you just heard <laughs> that I did earlier. Now we're going to move on to the second segment. And it's um, an interview with Barbara Ehrenreich about what I was saying about life. She's written a book, um, and it's called, uh, oh my goodness, Natural Causes. Okay, here's another thing about aging. Your memory, it goes away. (laughs) And I didn't even realize where we are. All right, having all that said, we have an interview with Barbara Ehrenreich, and um, we're gonna we talk to her about the book that she's written, and I want you to play it. I'm going to play it right now. So this is Joy Moore here for Full Circle, along with Laura, Laura Chegaray. Thank you, Chegaray. I'm going to work <laughs> on that. We are speaking with Barbara Ehrenreich, who's an author and political activist, who describes herself as a myth buster by trade and has been called a veteran muckraker by the New Yorker. During the 1980s, she was a prominent figure in the Democratic Socialists of America. She is widely read, an award-winning columnist and essayist, an author of 21 books, including her 2001 book, Nickel and Dime, on not getting by in America, a memoir of Erin Reich's three-month experiment surviving on minimum wage as a waitress, hotel maid, house cleaner, nursing home aide, and Walmart clerk. It was described by Newsweek magazine as jarring and full of riveting grit. Her latest book, Natural Causes, is a razor-sharp polemic which offers an entirely new understanding of our bodies, ourselves, and our place in the universe. Natural Causes, an epidemic of wellness, the certainty of dying, and killing ourselves to live longer. Describes how we over-prepare and worry way too much about what is inevitable. Yes, Natural Causes examines the way in which we obsess over death, our bodies, and our health. Both funny and caustic, Aaron Wright and tackles the seemingly unsolvable problems of how we might better prepare ourselves for the end, while still reveling in the lives that remains to us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Barbara. So we want to start out by asking you, why did you write this book? Well, two reasons, because I'm old enough, all right? Uh, as I said, old enough to die. Right. 
uh, without it being any kind of great mystery. I'm 76. And so, you know, I'm in the uh, age group that drops off, you know, that, that starts exiting. We're already exited in many cases. Mm. And one of the things I have been noticing about um, people, oh, say people over 50 or even over 40 or in the Bay Area over 20, <laughs> is um, this preoccupation with health, mm. this obsession with uh, eating right, exercising the right amount, um, getting all the preventive tests you can from the doctor. And it, it, you know, it just began to weigh on me. All these friends who at one point, you know, were thinking about, well, um, things like the social feminism or whatever, you know, and were political people who are now wanting to talk about their excellent cholesterol results in the last test <laughs> and how they have given up yet another substance that they have decided is unhelpful for them, um, like butter <laughs> or fat. And I, I just thought, this is strange. The older I get, the more I want to enjoy things. Mm-hmm. You know, and the less I want to give anything up. And so I, I start out the book with how I began to stop getting the preventive tests that doctors want you to do uh, once you're over a certain age. Mm-hmm. And for very good reasons, scientific reasons, I decided they were nonsense. <laughs> and, you know, no more, no more mammograms, never had a colonoscopy, etc. If there's something wrong with me, I'd say doctor. You do Otherwise, see a doctor. Oh, yeah. That was my next question. You do see a doctor, so why do you see a doctor? Well, recently I had a bout of atrial fibrillation where heart muscle doesn't beat synchronously. And that's not good because you can't exert yourself. Your heart's going so fast, you get weak all the time. So I went to a doctor, he diagnosed it. I take a bunch of meds now, and they seem to have helped. But my deal with doctors is always, if there is something wrong that's bothering me, I will come to you, but you are not to go looking for problems. Mm. Oh, it's like when you take your car to the shop and they start diagnosing things that are not making any noise or bothering you. (laughs) I guess, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and that has been my experience as well. If I go with a complaint of some kind, then they want to do a whole battery of tests that have nothing to do with the complaint. You know, they start with the blood, and then they do a, a heart rate and and um, blood pressure and CAT scan and all this other stuff because I had a, a twitch in my eye or something. <laughs> Interesting, because I had the exact opposite experience when I go and I have a symptom and they say, oh no, it's nothing. You're just aging. (laughs) Oh, I want your doctor. Yeah, right. Me too. (laughs) There's plenty of problems of people not getting the care they need in this country. But we have a particularly particularly skewed 
system of allocating health resources mm -hmm. so that um, old people uh, get much more attention and care because we have Medicare. Yes. We're insured. Yes. Young people, um, well, unless they're clinging anxiously to uh, the Affordable Care Act, may have nothing, no insurance. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting thing I found out since writing this book, which is that the rate of maternal mortality is rising in the United yes. States. Now, that's, that's a weird. Every other advanced country, and probably some of the other non-advanced countries, maternal mortality is falling. Hmm. Not here. Why? Well, it appears that the problem uh, centers around um, black women in the South who are mm. just not getting the prenatal and perinatal care that they need, obviously. Mm -hmm. Now, that's crazy. You know, while they're doing all these excess tests on people like me and you, Joy, uh, there are these, these young women going out going without necessary preventive care right care of any kind i can attest to that because i was there when hurricane maria hit puerto rico and um actually a lot of the people who died were the elders and it all happened because of lack of access to health care or available health care we call that genocide. Yeah. Well, it's probably the same reason why um, the women aren't women who are pregnant or, or bearing children are not getting the care that they need. For one, a lot of them don't have health care. And you can go to the emergency room and have a baby, and then there's nowhere to make money out of that. So we're sending you home after. I heard that a lot of the um, mortalities for women are after birth, that there are things that are happening, they need to be checked on, they need to see a doctor, as well as prenatal care. So I thought that was interesting. All right. You are listening to Full Circle. This is Joy Moore. You just heard the voice of Barbara Ehrenreich, author of Natural Causes, An Epidemic of Wellness, The Certainty of Dying, and Killing Ourselves to Live Longer. And that's her last book. And it's also our gift to you tonight for a donation of $50. We really appreciate your support, and we need it. This venerable radio station has been around. And it has been serving this local community with truth, speaking truth to power, providing an apprenticeship program where people can learn radio, um, truth about what's going on in the rest of the world. KPFA is unique. Pacifica uh, Network is unique. And so we are offering um, natural causes as a premium tonight. And we're also offering... Uh, a USB, Voices That Change the World, and Barbara Ehrenreich is featured on that USB as well. The uh, premium for that, um, the USB is $200, and if you get both gifts, both the book, Natural Causes, and the USB drive, Pacifica Radio Archives, Voices That Change the World, you can get them both for $225. You can stretch it out over years payment. And you, if you can't afford or you don't want to have um, get those gifts, you can give us whatever you can. hundred, $10, $100, $5, whatever is in your budget and your capability and your desire and willing and loving to give us. one 800 
439-5732 is the number that you call, or it's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And you can donate, donate securely online at kpfa.org. <coughs> and as you may know, Full Circle is a production of the apprenticeship program. Um, we've been doing this for 35 years, training people. Um, whose voices are not normally heard, giving them empowerment and skills and education and experience and the ability and, and practice of producing a radio show every week. And we've been doing it with the help of all of you who are listening. And if you haven't been able to um, donate, we would appreciate it if you could do it now. And even if you have. Call us at 1-800-439-5732. And another way you can help us is by volunteering. We have phone room hours. We're taking pledges online and on the phone. And the uh, Saturday and Sunday hours for volunteers are 9 to 3 this weekend. So Saturday and Sunday, you can come to 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way between University and Berkeley Way and volunteer your time and give your love and share yourself with KPFA. This is a community radio station, free speech community radio station. It only functions because of people like you who are listening right now. We know you're out there, and we need you to support us. 1-800-439-5732. Now, we're listening to Barbara Ehrenreich, but um, on the um, USB, besides um, Barbara Ehrenreich, there are a lot of other artists or people, voices that change the world. And on that particular USB that we're offering now, it's 1,300 um, hours of dozens and dozens of topics um, that you can listen to that, will, that you will find will inspire you. It will, they will challenge you, entertain you, and educate you and inform you. That's the most important thing to make decisions in this world on voting, um, on how to protest what to protest, uh, how do you make a difference, how do you make your voice heard. There are voices out there that have been giving us information. And on this particular USB, they include Bob Dylan, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Fannie Lou Hamer, W.E.B. Dewar, Ellen G- Allen Ginsberg, Alan Watts, Alice Walker, Howard Zinn, Noam Chomsky, Edward Said, Francis Ford Coppola, Maya Angelou, and Audre Lorde, and many, 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 many others. It's important that we are an informed populace. It's important that we understand what's going on in the world. And it's important that we listen to all voices, as many voices as we can. KPFA provides you that opportunity, and we'd like you to call in right now, 1-800-439-5732, or online at kpfa.org. Now, I want to um, also spend just a little little bit of time talking about Barbara Ehrenreich because she's um, one of those voices that changed the world. And one of the things, the, the book that introduced me to her was Nickel and Dimed, um, where she worked as a worker in the hotel industry and other places to um, experience what it's like to be... Um, <laughs> What we're calling a working poor person in this country. There are people who work two and three jobs and still make um, less than a, a living wage. And Barbara Ehrenreich explored it. She experienced it. She wrote a book about it. And that book touched me and it led me to read um, 
the book Natural Causes. So I encourage you to support KPFA if in any way you can. I also want to say that we have an apprenticeship program that we are actively, always actively seeking ac- applicants for. It's an 18-month um, program where you learn ra- radio production, all phases of radio production in a community that is about justice and free speech and equality. And we work really hard to bring out voices and um, allow a space for people who don't normally get the opportunity to express their needs and desires. We give them a space to do that. We teach them how to do that. We give them skills. And this is an important program. So if you support today, this hour, right now, you'll be saying that you support the work of the apprenticeship program and you support Full Circle and, of course, KPFA Pacifica. 1-800-439-5732. And briefly, I'm just going to spend just a little personal time about me and KPFA. And then we're going to go to the second part of the interview uh, with Barbara Ehrenreich. When I came to Cal- uh, California from New York in 1969, it was an up great upheaval here. The um, governor of the of this state, Ronald Reagan, had called out the National Guard. There were protests all over the place. I went to uh, Safeway uh, up on Adeline Street in Berkeley and all the windows were broken down and me and my mom were freaked out and my mom said, you know what, Joy, you need to listen to KPFA, this radio station, 94.1, before you go out. <laughs> Because there's some crazy stuff going on down the street. And I was not into talk radio. But I have to tell you, every morning when I got up, before I went to Berkeley High, I listened to the report. Not only did I want to stay away from any danger, I wanted to know what was happening. And KPFA was on the mark. They were letting us know where the where the um, National Guard was posted, where actions were expected to be, um, where danger was. And informing us on what need what was going on, and KPFA has been there, so it's been there for you, and it's been there because of you. So we want you to call us one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Support KPFA, support the apprenticeship program, and support Full Circle. So I want to say that um, this interview that you've been hearing, it was um, produced by me and and a former apprentice, a graduate apprentice of. Um, KPFA, um, uh, Laura, I'm going to say Etzigurai, I always say her name wrong because I have this English tongue, but she and I produced this um, interview with Barbara Ehrenreich. It was very well received. Um, You can hear more from Barbara on the USB, and also you can get the book for a $50 pledge. It will support KPFA, um, for sure. And also, it will give you information that you need to navigate life, to understand where you are and how important it is to take care of yourself health-wise. So let's get back to that interview. I want to do, this is the second half, but before I go, I want to encourage you, all of you, past apprentices, family members of past apprentices, people who love the apprenticeship program, who love Full Circle, who love KPFA, right now, really, I want you to go through to, to the phone and call us toll free 1-800-439-5732 or go online kpfa.org you can get the gift the book that we're featuring tonight Barbara Aaron Wright Natural Causes let's go back to the second half of that interview 
first of all, I want to say again, thank you for writing this book. And I do agree there is an obsession not only with health but with youth. Uh, in this country that when you start getting 40 you look at your wrinkles and your gray hair and you want to change it and do something and all those things are inevitable so we um, glorify youth and we don't even care I don't think about older people and aging you know so many people are neglected or left alone in, in nursing houses or whatever but if I'm I'm 67 myself, and I am thinking about the end of my life. What advice would you give people, or, or your readers or your listeners, what were you mainly trying to say in, in this book? Well, I, I think first we can relax a little bit about all those things you are doing to prolong your life, because so many of them are, are silly. Mm. And a lot of this book is myth-busting. Mm about our ideas of those things that will make us live longer. And I, I look at the data and say, don't look that way. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first thing is relax. Okay. If you eat a cheeseburger, don't worry, all right? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not endorsing cheeseburgers because they're environmental reasons mm -hmm. not to eat them. But, you know, it, it, that's not going to change your, you know, accelerate your aging process mm. uh, in a way that you can see. And secondly, um, you know, do things that are important to you, that you want to do. Don't, you know, don't spend all that time trying to uh, prolong your life. Spend it doing what what is meaningful. And if you don't have something by the time you're 67 or 76, like me, that's meaningful and important to you, then I don't know what to say. Yeah, then um, why are you prolonging your life, right? Yeah, what, what have you been, what are you prolonging it for? <laughs> I mean, for me, those most meaningful things have always been outside of my family, um, things that you might call movements uh, for social change. Mm-hmm. For social justice. And I've got a lot to do on that front. Right. I don't even have time to die right this minute. <laughs> And I love that attitude because we, we uh, Laura and I were talking before we called you about the quality of life. It was one of the things that I'm, I've been saying. I've already given a, a directive to my family that I don't want to be uh, intubated. I don't want to be resuscitated. If it's my time to go. And if my, at the end of my life, I'm not able to walk and function and move and uh, eat. Um, I don't want to live anyway. If, 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 if there's something going on with me and I'm not able to eat, I'm done. So <laughs> don't try to, to uh, prolong my life. If, if I'm not able to get up and eat me a good bowl of collard greens and some cornbread, I, I don't want to be here. So let it go. And it's a quality, okay. too, because both my grandmom, I mean, my grandfather and my mom, at the end of their life, they were gi both given medications that put their kidneys out of whack, and they had to be on kidney dialysis, for right. both of them, for four years. And both of them, at the end of those four years, said, I can't do this anymore. Let's just let me go. Yeah. And it's the quality of life that I'm talking about, that we're not going to be youthful. We're not going to be the same at 21 as we are at 67, and we can't expect that. Yeah, and you're, I completely agree. I want my little pleasures. I wouldn't count cornbread among them, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, I want my, um, my, my wine. Yeah. Uh, I want, you know, things like that. And I'm not, 
I'm not going to live without them. Got it. And I also need to get certain kinds of work done. Mm. I'm, I'm just not finished. Got it. So I got plenty to do other than worry about these things. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Your work, I really have admired you from the time I first read Nickel and Dimes and followed you. I really appreciate you sharing your insight on this and your experience because um, I, you did have a bout of cancer. Is that not true? I had breast cancer. And you've overcome that somehow? And you had to go well, through this? Well, that was about 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. You had to go through the medical system to do that. Mm -hmm. So you have insight, you have experience, and I'm great, grateful that you shared it with us. Well, thank you for letting me join you today. All right, so our engineer is asking about your work with social feminism as a 76-year-old. Are you still doing that work? You could say so. I mean, a lot of the, the work does sort of come under that heading. I'll tell you what I do. I work with a group that I founded called Economic Hardship Reporting Project. And what we do is we help support younger writers, impoverished writers, writers of color, people who have, you know, really great stories to tell because they themselves are suffering from economic hardship. Mm -hmm. uh, we nurture them as writers and get them published in important places. Okay. And try to launch their careers. I love it. Thank you. You know, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, it's so gratifying for me. And this is what gives me, personally, a sense of immortality. Mm. If it. I can be helping other people to do the kinds of things I can't do anymore, mm. you know, the kinds of on-the-ground reporting, right. getting them to do it. Yeah. Yeah, creating opportunity for others' voices to be heard. I love that. Thank you, Darlene. That's our, our engineer who's interested in you and your work as well. So, uh, yeah, look us up on uh, look our website up, Economic Hardship Reporting Project. Got it. I will look it up. Laura? I just have a question for you. It's, it's one part of your book you mentioned about relaxing, and you mentioned relaxation before in... in um, how the exercise also is, is good for you and it makes you relax and all that. And I've recently started meditating and I, and I find it super relaxing for me too and, and very empowering. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I don't meditate. Um, that's, I'm not, I don't say that with pride. <laughs> My son does. Ben meditates 15, 20 minutes a day religiously. I don't know. I just zone out. Hmm. And that is really what meditation is for, to allow you to zone out. <laughs> well, but it just well, makes me think, <laughs> I know you mentioned that, we you know, it's not going to extend our lives, but it, wouldn't that be make our lives worth living, you know, better living? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. To each his own, right? Yeah. I yeah. guess we choose our pleasures, no? Yeah, and maybe the glass of wine is equal to meditation <laughs> for <Hey>. some people. <laughs> anyway, thank you again. Um, You're yes. welcome. On behalf Bye -bye. of the apprenticeship program, I thank you for talking with us. And doing the work that you're doing. Keep it up. Uh, oh, good. I will as long as I can. Okay. Thank you, Barbara.
All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Uh, welcome back. This is Full Circle here on Pacifica Radio, KPFA 94.1 FM. And that was the voice of Barbara Ehrenreich. We've been discussing aging in her last book, um, Natural Causes. Her work, her book, offers an alternative view of how life can end and evaluates life quality and what that means. And I was really touched by what she had to say. But I want to say something about this. It seems like a morbid topic. You know, like, oh, my God, Joy, your name is Joy, and you're bringing us all down with this this idea. But it's something that, for me, is uplifting in a way. Um, life itself is so important and so precious, and it, it has always been precious to me. But I have to tell you, in the last quarter, this is in the last, the last quarter of my life, I'm looking at how much better it can be, how richer it can be if I accept the fact that I have a finite time and I'm going to use it to make the best I can, to do the best I can, to be the best I can, and to give to the world the best I can, to work as hard as I can, to enjoy as much as I can, to laugh as much as I can, to love as much as I can, to be with as many people as I can, because that's what life is about. And it makes it more precious to me now knowing that it will end. It doesn't make it sad for me, though. I have to tell you, I'm happy. I'm happy that I have this knowledge and I've been given the opportunity to live my life to the fullest in joy, in happiness. And if you feel that way, too, if you are touched by what's been going on tonight, what we've been talking about, if you're touched by life itself, if you find it precious, support us, support the work here. We're opening a discussion that needs to be had, that's important, and it, it touches all of us. And if you support this work, we'd like you to call in right now, 1-800-439-5732. Ah, and support us in any way you can. I want to um, say that this work and the work that we do here is so precious to all of us. All of the people that you hear on this radio station, on this uh, show, are volunteers. Do you hear me? They volunteer their time, their effort, their love. They give their self to this radio station. And I am a volunteer as well. And so we need you to volunteer. We need you to call in 1-800-439-5732 or go online at kpfa.org and say proudly that you support Full Circle, that you support the apprenticeship program. And so I want you to consider making a donation to KPFA tonight. And um, get, if you have the book or you've read the book, getting a, get a copy for a loved one or someone else that you know who might benefit from the idea of taking care of themselves at the end of their lives and not looking at it as something that's illness or, or needs to be corrected. Um, and this this uh, book can be yours for a donation of $50. We're also going to feature later on um, a USB, Voices That Change the World, for a $200 pledge. And both of those gifts can be given for, uh, gotten for $225. So we are so excited. First of all, we have some donations already. But right now we've been given a challenge by Michael in Walnut Creek. He's challenged us for $200. If we collect or get $200 worth of donations tonight, it will be doubled by Michael in Walnut Creek. So call us at 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. 
or online at kpfa.org. We only have 18 copies of the books, and it would be really awesome if we'd be able to get all those copies out to our listeners. And that would take us over our goal, um, this hour, which is for $1,000. And it's important that you understand that these books were donated to us, so all of the money that you you use to purchase these or uh, give a donation for these gifts will go directly to saving and helping support KPFA. 1-800-439-5732. So Natural Causes is a book by award-winning author and feminist Barbara Ehrenreich. 18 people calling in for that book at a $50 pledge would help us um, help this show right now and get us over our goal. And it's the first voice apprenticeship program, uh, full circle, and it's an important part of KPFA. This training program is unique to KPFA as we train each group of people in the basics of all aspects of radio broadcasting and actually give them a one-hour show to showcase their skills on the air. And what we build here, what we do here is about community, about being bringing people together from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different religions, different cultures, bringing them together, helping them learn together and build community together. And this is how, what brings about peace. This is what brings about acceptance. This is what brings about um, community. How do we get to know each other? How do we live together? How do we grow together? And the way we do it is to get to know each other and to work with each other and to share ourselves with each other. And we do that here at KPFA at the Apprenticeship Program on the Full Circle Show. It's very important that you support us. 1-800-439-5732. All right. This is Joy Moore. And again, we're going to offer another gift um, tonight. It's the Voices That Change the World. It's on a USB drive. This sample um, has over a thousand hours of speeches, performances, and readings. The USB is one of the best deals we ever offered as a thank you gift with so much content it will keep you listening for months. And it's something you can share with everyone. So on this drive, you will also find um, more about Barbara, uh, Barbara Aaron Wright and with her speaking as part of the Voices of Feminine series. So this is a, a, a great USB to have, historical, has a lot of information, something you can share with each other, with other people. Why don't we take a listen to um, the USB Voices That Change the World. Even as recently as 1970, you could find uh, a, a Dr. Edgar Berman, who was Hubert Humphrey's personal physician and got the limelight that way, declaring that women were unfit uh, for leadership because of our, quote, raging hormonal imbalances, close quote. Um, so how could, you know, the idea was how could a woman conduct business if she were having a period? Impossible. Uh, in other, the, uh, you know, the idea really there being that menstruation is a full-time job while you're doing it. You know, you really better focus on that. Um, that menopause is a career choice. Um, uh, as in, you know, um, sorry, I can't take a call right now. I'm busy going through menopause. You know, and, uh, that these, these are just huge uh, preoccupations. Now, by the 80s, we get another turn. You know, we won't, we're not hearing any more from that, quite that kind of argument. Uh, the job of keeping women out of positions of leadership uh, seemed to be, uh, and in our own time too, somewhat relegated to the Christian right, um, to people who represent a very, very conservative uh, religious view, and who have liked to uh, accuse women who step out of line in any way, uh, uh, feminists for example, of quote, destroying the family. In general, I should point out that feminists 
Zionists have not tried to destroy the family. We just thought the family was such a good idea that men might want to get involved in it too. <laughs> that was the idea. But it, it's not, um, it's not only wrong-headed ideas that have kept, uh, or ideas in general that have kept women out of leadership. Male leaders did their part too. For example, I, I, I looked very carefully at Time's study, uh, you know, their list of the 20 uh, greatest leaders and revolutionaries of the 20th century. And you find that at least five of the men on that list, at least five, which amounts to about 28% of them, were opponents in one way or another of women's rights. Um, Hitler, of course, he was on their list. Hitler was a great leader of the 20th century on their list. Uh, Khomeini, the uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, the fashion expert who brought back the Chador, he was on their list of the leaders of the 20th century. Ronald Reagan was on their list, uh, the great leaders, uh, who was completely hostile, as you may remember, to abortion rights and the ERA. The point being, that if women have not been well represented among the leaders of the world, it is not just because women have been too shy or too retiring or too busy changing diapers or whatever. Part of the problem does lie in the male leaders the world has had themselves. But looking at the bright side, though, there have been uh, improvements on the whole and compared to that dismal past. Uh, this is a great time to be female. Uh, just 15 years ago, for example, when Geraldine Ferraro uh, ran for vice president on the, on the Democratic ticket, there were all kinds of mutterings about whether she had gone through menopause yet and how dangerous it would be to have a president who might have hot flashes. And I suppose we should take it as another sign of progress that the case against women in the military, and the military is interesting because it's often been a pathway to general political leadership in this country, but the case against women in the military has shifted in an interesting way in recent years. It used to be um, 10 years ago even, that the argument, or 15 years ago for sure, the argument again was that women can't fight. That's why they can't be in the military. Now, what we hear now, the interesting new argument against women in the military is, okay, women can fight. We give up on that. You know, we're not going to argue about that. It's just that men can't fight alongside them. And this takes two forms. One is the argument that men are so chivalrous that they would be unable to fight if they were women next to them because they'd be so busy protecting their sisters in arms. Um, <laughs> And, um, and sometimes it takes another form, uh, in the form of that, that the argument that military men are just too misogynistic, mean, and aggressive uh, to be allowed to be with female counterparts. The aggressiveness that makes a man a good soldier also makes him a potential rapist and for sure a sexual harasser. In other words, unfit to be in mixed company as far as I'm concerned. But I think the great thing is that the first time, at least in my lifetime, nobody is saying that female leadership in many areas is either an oxymoron or a prelude to some kind of disaster. But unfortunately, what I have to report to you tonight is that the purveyors of the old prejudices haven't gone away. They are regrouping, finding different ways to express the same old arguments about women's unfitness for leadership. And this is what I want to talk about. Not about the practical barriers to women's leadership. And that could be a whole, you know, long discussion itself. The fact that women on the whole have less money 
than men. The fact that women are more likely to be uh, primarily responsible for childcare in their families, which also makes it harder. Um, but I want to talk about the ideological forces that threaten women's leadership now. The arguments and ideas that are growing in our culture and which young women here, I think, are really going to have to face. Um, most of these ideas, as in the past, are based on biology, at least on somebody's interpretation of biology, in particular on the idea that there are innate in, and inherited differences between the sexes uh, that wind, uh, render women unfit uh, for leadership. And just when we thought we were making enormous progress, these ideas are once again regaining popularity in the field of evolutionary psychology, and they have quite a grip on the mass media. One example would be the recent PBS special called, I think, The War on Boys, which repeated all the old myths of female unfitness for leadership uh, with this new evolutionary psychological kind of um, dressing up. Uh, so let's let's look about let's look at the biology for a minute. Let's look at the differences between the sexes. Well, I mean abstractly in the talk here. Um, there are some innate differences between men and women. Women's brains are smaller. True, but in proportion to our body size. Within women's smaller brains, though, they are there are many more neurons, which are much more richly interconnected than in the male brain. Draw your own conclusion. Um, here's another little interesting um, mental sort of difference, if it bears out, but it seems to so far. Men, it turns, it turns out, are more tuned into their internal aches and pains than women are. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, women devote more regions of their brains to sadness, for whatever that's worth. Men are better at depth perception, apparently. Women are better at reading emotions in other people's faces. You know, these can be debated. I'm sure there'll be more experiments, more studies, and so on. But one problem is, what do these differences mean? You know, what does one conclude from a piece of data like that, or from these different kinds of data? Is the male advantage in depth perception really important to leadership, anyway, in an era when uh, political leaders don't really have to spend too much time dodging spears? Probably not. Uh, should the fact that women, on average, are better at reading emotions in people's faces mean that males should never be allowed to be psychiatrists or diplomats? Hmm, maybe. Now, coming into the present, is that if you look at women who have actually achieved leadership in this century and recently, you do not find a bunch of sweet, gentle, nurturing pacifists. Recent women leaders include Margaret Thatcher, they include Madeleine Albright. Now, whatever you may think of these women, they are undeniably and have been undeniably hawks, militarily speaking. So, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to defend those arguments about an innate difference that disqualifies women for, from leadership in a dangerous world. Now, I have to admit that part of me wishes there was a real difference between the sexes and between men and women as leaders so that I could say, hey, that's why we need more women leaders because women are really totally different and if we get into all the leadership positions, the world will change uh, dramatically. It will just end all these centuries of 
misery and war and exploitation because women are so different. Now, there is a very strong argument, though, for having women in leadership positions, but it's an argument that is not based on there being some, but something fundamentally different about women as leaders. It's an argument based simple, simply on gender equity. But because we want a world in which leadership is no longer vested in any particular group or caste or class of people, uh, like male, like white, uh, like upper class, like Christian, like Brahmin, like whatever. Because democracy is only truly possible in a society where every single individual can aspire to leadership or to achieve whatever kind of greatness lies within them, no matter what their economic background or their ethnic heritage or their skin color or genetic legacy or anything. My dream, my utopian dream, which I will share, is a society in which everyone is a leader. In fact, that would be my definition of true democracy. Everybody taking seriously the leadership role they have to play. So, 100 years ago from now, um, when Time Magazine, or whatever it will be called then, Time and Time Again, or some other new name, uh, draws up its list of the top leaders of the 21st century, 21st century. I hope they'll be at least half female. I hope they will reflect the ethnic and racial composition of the earth. I hope there will be no Hitlers or Ayatollah Khomeini's on this list. Um, and I hope that the word leader will at that time become indistinguishable from the word role model. Thank you. All right. Welcome back to Full Circle here in Huchin, occupied alone, Ohlone territory, a.k.a. Berkeley. My name is Joy Moore. I'm your host tonight. That was the voice you heard, um, Barbara Ehrenreich, award-winning author and celebrated feminist. And that audio came from the Pacific Archives' Voices That Changed the World on a USB drive that can be yours for a $200 donation. We are also offering the, her latest book, <clears throat> Natural Causes, An Epidemic of Wellness, The Certainty of Dying, and Killing Ourselves to Live Longer. That book is yours as a gift for a donation of $50. And if you get both the USB and the book, you can get the donation, uh, the uh, gifts for $225. It's one of the best deals um, for this book, I think, on this fun drive. So um, this book, Natural Causes, um, and Barbara Ehrenreich, are voices that change the world. She's a very important author. She wrote um, Nickel and Dimed. And Natural Causes examines the ways in which we obsess over death, our bodies, and our health, both funny and caustic. Aaron Reich then tackles the seemingly unsolvable problem of how we might better prepare ourselves for the end while still reveling in the lives that remain to us. So this is the thing that I'm trying to, um, um, to impress everyone on. I'm not being maudlin. I'm not trying to bring anybody down. I only want to say there is joy in the notion that you have been given life. And life is precious. That's all I'm saying. And it's precious, more precious to me now than I know for sure in my heart, in my belly, it will not go on. Not through me. Uh, certainly through my children, my grandchildren, and the people I love. But there's nothing sad about that. It's just inevitable. And it's, it's, it sort of takes the um, anxiety away when you, if you worry about it. It's just going to happen. What you can do, though, is live your life the best you can. Eat well. Sleep well. Drink a lot of water. Love people. 
party, dance, eat, live, grow food, do things you like as much as you can. Enjoy it. Mm, mm, What's the word? Honor it, preserve it, and feel it. You know, it's life is just very precious for me right now and I wish I had felt this way when I was 25 I smoked a lot of weed and drinking a whole bunch of wine I didn't really care but now I know and I'm being very intemperate in my life and moderate in my my behaviors now because I do want to hold on to what I have right now I want to say we have a match from Michael at Walnut Creek he's giving us a $200 match we have made $185 towards that goal I want to thank Jennifer in San Francisco Kirk in El Cerrito Frank in Antioch and Anonymous in San Francisco for supporting KPFA Full Circle and the apprenticeship program. You can do it too at 1-800-439-5732 or online at kpfa.org. You can get the book for a $50 donation um, and you can get the uh, USB for 200 Put them to both together, two twenty-five. But really, honestly, folks, we will take whatever you can offer, whatever you can afford. Five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars. You can give us a hundred dollars. You can stretch it over a year. There's so many benefits from being uh, a member of KPFA. And if you give a donation of thirty-five dollars or more, you can be a member. One eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. You support KPFA Pacifica. You f- support Full Circle. You support um, KPFA Apprenticeship Program. And and you get to show your love and support at KPFA, 1-800-439-5732. You can also call us at, um, I mean, online at kpfa.org. Ah, I'm going to take a deep breath and say that I thank all of you for listening, everyone who helped me produce the show. It was a last-minute thing. I did the best I could. I appreciate everyone who's listening right now. And um, that's going to bring us to the end of the tonight's show. 1-800-439-5732 or kpfa.org. Again, I want to thank everyone who contributed to our program today. And I want you to tune in. Um, we have past graduates from the apprenticeship program who are still very involved in this radio station. Janine Etter is one. Caller West is one. Um, Christopher... Uh, he does the news. Martinez, Martinez Christopher Martinez, Rada Keel, Diana Martinez, um, Antonio Ortiz, <laughs> Miguel Guerrero, uh, and, and it goes on and on. And there are a lot of people uh, working in 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 radio world all over the all over the land. Democracy Now has a couple of apprentices that have worked for them. So if you support KPFA, if you support the apprenticeship program, if you fo- support Full Circle, we're going to ask you to call right now one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. And I definitely want to give out a shout out to all the past apprentices who I know are listening to this program. Call us and give us your port. KPFA.org. We know you're out in the community. You know you are a voice for the voiceless. We know you express yourself. You care. Call us at 1 800 439 That brings us to the end of tonight's show, folks. Tune in next week at 7 p.m. for a discussion on money. Is it necessary? And we might even get into capitalism. This show was made possible for you by our executive producer, Ms. M. Our technical director is Pre Will and Frank Sterling. And me, myself, Joy Moore, I'm production consultant. 
I've been your host, and I want to thank Hannah Wilson and our board operator, Shaquille, uh, for helping us out tonight. And our tech assistant is Eric Databoy Media. <laughs>